Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Another episode here. I got the man, the myth, the legend, Jack Agner in the building. Star of the show out in St. Louis, which we're going to talk a lot about today. From behind the scenes to weather, to walk-offs, to errors, to meet and greets, to Mark Schultz wheeling and dealing merch. <laughs> I almost had a finger fall off this last weekend. Not lying. You hear that story at the end of the pod. Um, going to be a good one, huh? Great episode. Good got, banter. Got the sign in pink for the Magic after Love their big it. series win, series clinching win, number one seed in the AL. Shout out to Magic and Magic Nation. Mm. Wands are up proudly right now. Put them up. Put, proudly up right now. Put them up. Uh, Going to be a great episode. So this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up Podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. I am here with the star of the show today, Jack Agner, my co-host, Woo-hoo. Magic newest power hitter. Finally got uh, a couple over the fence. Finally. They yeah. were electric, though. It was due. Something about me and you just built for the big moments, I guess. I guess. It was uh, certainly, I think we should admit that it was a hitters-friendly park. It and was. And also a hitters-friendly day, just with how hot and humid it was. We can also talk about that first, just how yeah. hot it was, because the video, well, it's obviously you can't do temperature justice, but I didn't really see anybody visibly like look sweaty or tired or exhausted, but that was the hottest series in MLW history, folks. I think that yeah. physical temperature was like 101 was the high. If you, like the, the video, we, it wasn't really mentioned in the video other than in the beginning it showed mm-hmm. the temperature, but like... You, I'm, a lot of you guys have been on turf fields playing sports when it's hot out. It's like the turf just hot as in like, 80 it's like, or 90. You, you know, you see, like you, we were sitting in the dugout and you're, you know, eye level with the turf mm-hmm. and you just see the, the, the heat just coming up, man. It was, it was hot. It, it was tough to stay hydrated. Um, I agree. I don't think the video like really showed how profusely sweaty everybody was. You had to be. I mean, yeah. fans, you guys probably noticed that at first I didn't get it cause I was, you know, running around and doing stuff and I was like. And we sold 500 and whatever tickets. I was like, it looks kind of like not full. And then I look up and I realize a lot of fans, like 100 plus people were standing up in the shade in the yeah. concourse because of how bad it was. The closer you got to that turf, like it was hot, hot, like scary hot a little bit. It, it was Grant, Grant cramped up. Grant was yeah. cramping up. I was, you know, I was luckily they the uh, the people at um, Grizzlies Park is the name of it, right? Grizzlies, Grizzlies Park. Ballpark. Grizzlies Ballpark. Um, they did a great job, like you know, keeping us stocked with water and mm-hmm. stuff in the dugout, um, which was, which side note was pretty cool to actually have like a little yeah. dugout. I, I never really played baseball. It's cool being in the <laughs> dugout. Dugouts are, cool. dugouts are sweet. Um, but they did a good job keeping us, you know, stocked with water. So I was literally hydrating like a madman because I knew I would cramp if I didn't. And I was trying to keep encouraging, you know, my guys to, it was pretty funny in the first game after, uh, <clears throat> after RJ came out, mm-hmm. he was he was t- he was gassed. He was yeah, I mean, tired. Yeah, I can imagine, and dude. I was gassed standing there I, watching. He, I, I told him I was like, go sit in the shade, like grab a Gatorade, you know, hydrate up. You'll be playing later in the series. And he kept like coming out of the dugout to like watch the game. I'm like, dude, please just go back. <laughs> like we're gonna need you later. Sit in front of the fan. Uh-huh. So it was hot. Yeah, was we did hot. have the royalty treatment of the shade and the dugouts, and the fans were nice, but. Uh, we've been using the same Canon cameras for the last three or four seasons now, and we've had plenty of iPhones overheat and even GoPros getting hot, but we've never had one of those overheat before. And in the second inning, my camera just shuts off, and oh, I'm like, really? oh, dear, <laughs> this is not good. Did we have to stop? I don't even remember that. No, so, I mean, I didn't want to stop the show. It's a yeah. live game. So I was like, Kyle, this, something's wrong. Like, this keeps shutting off, won't stay on. And, like, he was obviously announcing, couldn't deal with it. So I was like, we had a photographer there named Dav, um, Davin. And um, I told him to primarily focus on photos, maybe sprinkle in some video footage every now and then because our guy Peter and Philly did a great job of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want you to stress you out. Like your sole priority should be video or should be photo. But if you want to do some video, like if you can balance that, yeah. feel free to try. So yeah. I'm not freaking out, but I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be a disaster. If these cameras are overheating, we can't film. Um, Kyle was in the shade. We had the tent there, which was huge. Yeah. We drove down there. So he was totally covered. So I'm like, that one shouldn't overheat, but not having a second nice angle would be pretty crucial to this video. So I took the camera, put it in the cooler, got a second iPhone out. And I'm like, Davin, start filming now. Like, film the whole inning. He's like, all right. 
So then he ran off, started to film. I don't even know if his shots ended up making it, but we had two GoPros, two, two iPhones, then a camera. So, like, we have options. Yeah. But still, it stinks to have, like, one of the mobile angles not available. But I left it in a, near a cooler, or it might have even been in the cooler, for a half inning or an inning. And then I went up into the stands in the second level where no fans were, and uh, that was totally covered. Mm-hmm. So I stayed there for, for, like, an inning and a half. I wanted that thing to cool down. Yeah. So I stayed up there for a little extra long, got some shots up there, looked cool. And then once I came back down, it was still hot down there, but the camera never overheated again. So I don't know what caused it to overheat initially, but I got it. It, it managed to survive the for the rest of the first two games. So I was happy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, w- me out it wouldn't be a, you know, pipe it up podcast or a MLW series if we didn't talk something about the weather, um, which wasn't even the craziest. Like that wasn't even the craziest weather of the day. No, I wanted to get into <laughs> that too. Um, do you want to talk about that after the game? We we'll, we'll talk. Yeah. Want to go chronologically? We'll go a little chronologically. Bit? <laughs> yeah. Because it was a crazy okay. day. It was. It was. And the weather in the Midwest, I swear. Yeah. We had similar things in Oklahoma where things change really, really quickly. But in summary, it was hot. Very hot. To the in point the morning, where I was yeah. concerned about player safety and the fans. And I mean, it was just bad. Yeah. But luckily, we only had two games and not three back to back to back. So it was two games. None of them went to extras. Somehow. somehow. I don't know how. Walk-off hits in yeah. both games, you know, that didn't go to extras. Yeah, let's talk about the first walk-off because that one went against you guys. Yeah. A couple of unlikely heroes a little bit in this series. For sure. That, that first game was pretty crazy because I expected RJ to just dominate. Mm-hmm. Didn't. Cobras got six, and I think the bottom of the first. And then you guys answer. Get six of your own off of Baron. Um, kind of just like a scrappy series. The Cobras had a lot of dingers yeah. early on. Then Grant got one of his own. Then you guys kind of just like clawed your way back. There was an awkward play, I think, where Baron pegged, Baron pegged somebody, and then yeah. like two runs came and in. And then we got two, <laughs> and Kyle was like, "Oh, two runs just scored." There was, um, you know, looking back, th- there were a few different incidents or plays throughout the series where um, it w- it almost seemed like there was miscommunication with like the ba- like the defense mm-hmm. on where they should be to like stop base runners. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like part of that was just being at a new field like you know the dimensions are pretty close like pretty much the same. Um but like the out of play lines you're not as like familiar generally with like mm-hmm. where they would be at as like if we were playing at the Meadows. And I think also I don't know uh what specifically about it but just like the crowd there it, I feel like made made people like think a little bit more when they it makes it more hectic so you're not as you're not as like decisive with some of those decisions in the field Mm -hmm. and I think that led to some some base running like uh there were there were a few plays where it's like guys were able to stretch it like an extra base Mm -hmm. because the the fielders sort of were kind of sitting there like it's a dead ball but it's not obviously Mm -hmm. um and that was one of them where yeah we were able to get two runs in off of that yeah, well, I think, too, this is one of the very few times, I think the second, where we've played on turf that's still Meadows Dimensions because Oklahoma mm-hmm. is turf, but it's a much wider field, much bigger field. Mm-hmm. So base running is actually kind of trickier there. And then when we played on turf in Philly, once again, it was a small field in terms of home run fence. But we had the bases at Meadows length from first to third. So then running from first to second, second to third were pretty long long yeah. runs compared to the Meadows. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is... Um, advantage base runner in terms of it's the same distance as the meadows it's pretty quick to get from bag to bag but being on turf like when you peg a guy the ball's going to roll a lot farther than you used to playing on grass the meadows that thick turf at the meadows eats it up so the ball doesn't really go anywhere yeah on like a pegged runner or on a play where you can try to tag somebody and it gets away like the ball's moving across this turf so i think that really plays an advantage to base runners and people capitalized another like another another example of that i guess the opposite of what i was saying was curdy in the beginning his first hit in the game Mm-hmm. He he gets to first base and like they throw it and he could have probably got to third. You probably could if he was, was like, so funny. If, but he was so hyped up with the crowd, mm-hmm. like he wasn't even thinking about it. I think he also thought that the throw went out of play. I think he did too. So he was just like the play's over. But yeah. in reality, it wasn't. It was know, so it was funny. I was cracking up with just seeing Curry after a basic. Come yeah. on, come Let's on. Go. <laughs> well, it's cool. Like it was cool. I will say this. Um, I think the way, which we always kind of prefer that, but in Philly we had some restrictions because of the way the field was set up. Like you couldn't have anyone beyond the fence. Yeah. But I think in terms of a live environment game, this was our best ever like fan to player experience. Like Mm -hmm. it felt like they were on top of you guys in the outfield and it created like a really cool 
um, interaction during the game between the crowd, like in between innings. It was like super mingly and almost like integrated into one. It seemed like oh, totally, it was the, awesome. The the you know you, you the video picks up a, a lot of the audio, um, but it felt way louder. Than, it always like, the does. Video it was, always does. Like the video, it you know, um, you see the whole crowd, but from from like hearing the crowd noise, it it I don't think it did it justice. It does because. Um, it felt like a lot more like you're saying intimate. Like yeah. that was a, a you know standard size uh, baseball park, and mm-hmm. it felt like it was just that little yeah. you know nook. Yeah, and that worked out too because initially our initial proposal was to do the same thing we did at Fifth Third Field in Toledo and have it in right field. And then after the fact, I realized the field was turf because the the people on the call, Sam was our contact there, and he was like. Another option, we could do it behind home plate in that area. And I was like, I'm shocked he recommended that, given that like we're going to not tear up the field, but like yeah. things can happen, you know, yeah. pitching and stuff like that. Like at US, they play in York on grass, but they bring in extra sod to cover the baselines. They bring in turf for the mounds and stuff like that. So I was just surprised he recommended that. And then I do a little cl- closer look on Google. I'm like, oh, this is a turf field, isn't it? So I email them. I'm like, is your guys' field turf? He's like, yeah, it is. I was like, wow, that opens up so many options. So worked out really well. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of like the ideal setup from now on at baseball fields. Once again, a little tougher to sell if it's on grass, especially if it's a pro team. But not saying it's impossible. Yeah, I liked I liked the uh, I like playing on turf. But game one did have the walk off from Baron. Pretty mm-hmm. electric. It was electric. It was electric. I mean, it was a cool game. From I would say, like from my standpoint, um, as the Magic manager, it was cool to see us go down by such a big margin early and be able to come back. You know, we've, we've had, we've had adversity um, in kind of like short spurts here and there throughout the season, but at no point were we ever down by six runs, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when they did it off our ace pitcher that, like you said, you know, I mean, we were all expecting him to come in and just do what he's been doing throughout the year. So, um, but I, you know, I was proud of my team for just, continuing to play and um you know not getting down knowing there's a lot of wiffle ball left you know if you know it's saying like if they can do it we can Mm -hmm. do it like which we did we went out the next inning and did it so um that was really cool to see and ultimately you know it was a close game and they were able to get the edge there yeah shout out to baron big hit yep other highlights from game one i want to talk about jack was the the lefty chance we alluded to this on the previous pod (laughs) after it happened but and yeah people may have forgotten about that People watching probably forgot about what had happened because, once again, I didn't get it. But in real time, guys, to reiterate this, uh, that was played the day after the yeah. Home Run Derby aired. So people had just watched that with Jack's yeah. lefty, dizzy bat, home run or whatever. And then do we know who the culprit was? Who started the lefty movement, the lefty I, chance? You know, I, I don't know. I knew that. So before the game started, like, fans started coming in and, you know, we were, like, signing some autographs and just interacting with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like you said, it was fresh on all their minds yeah. after the home run Not derby ours, video. Not on theirs, for sure. So it was, like, every kid that, almost every kid I interacted with was, like, you got to hit a lefty bomb. Oh, like, you got to hit a lefty bomb. And I was, like, I don't know. Like, it, <laughs> we'll see. But um, in, in warm-ups... I was like, you know what? I'll just warm up like lefty. Oh, you did some? Yeah. So I, I was like, that. you know, the, the, these kids seem to want it. Like I haven't hit that good righty up until that point. So I was like, I don't know. I might as well just try it. <laughs> um, so I warmed Props up righty and lefty. Uh, and I would say they were, it was, you know, pretty equivalent warmups. Hilarious. But um, I knew that the, I didn't know they were going to chant it every time I got up to the plate. Every time. Uh, which it was every time. Um, but I, I guess I caved in. Ultimately, you just kind of want to give the people what they That's want. That's what I was going to ask you. What made you just finally cave? Just like to, to end the chance to just put on a show. What made you cave? When I saw you going for it. I was like, oh boy. I mean. Here we go. <laughs> I re- To be honest, like. You, I, I, I really, I'm a competitive person. And mm-hmm. um, I take the league very seriously you know, those of you who know me know that, um, at the end of the day, like you, it's still, we're here to have some yeah, fun. Come on. Yeah. I, and, I'm with you. 100%. Uh, and I also re- I, I walked twice, which was pretty <laughs> funny because, um, I got up there and like hitting, hitting pitches off 
like in a home run derby or like warming up mm-hmm. is like obviously not anything uh, really close to what a real game would be like. Um, so the first, the first at bat, it was like just seeing what it even looks like yeah. from the left side of the box, which is totally different. A little bit like intimidating, probably. It was pretty intimidating. Um, and and same same thing, honestly, with like the second at bat. Like I wasn't even really looking up going up there to like attack i was kind of just like i'm just gonna see some of these did you and like, take any hacks at all from the left side no so that was that was <laughs> one thing is uh again like i said like timing up uh you know a blooper in there in a home run derby is mm-hmm. one thing but having like a 70 mile an hour yeah. ball there was like a mental Sawyer block screw it, drop coming in i swear it was like there was a there was a block like i couldn't I don't really know how to describe it other than there were probably two or three pitches that Sawyer just like kind of grooved in there because uh, he knew I wasn't going to swing at like not the ones that ended up on camera, but yeah. it was like the first or second strike. And I wanted to like I it's coming in and I'm like ready to swing and I just like couldn't pull the trigger for some reason. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot harder, like I said, than than a home run derby. But I did want to, you know, just have some fun. I didn't really think like it was like damaging my team's you know, likelihood of winning considering mm-hmm. the fact that I have a good chance of walking if well, I just go up there and don't swing anyway. Well, plus at this point, yes, you guys hadn't clinched anything yet, but it wasn't like you were calling for a playoff spot or anything like that. Right. You know, you were at the top of the standings yeah. with a pretty comfortable lead. I mean, if we were like backs against the wall, yeah. like, you know, we needed, must we need, must win. Like I wouldn't have done it and it would have been hard because they would have continued to yell it <laughs> throughout the whole day. Yeah. But, um, like, yeah, it was a good opportunity. I think to, it was awesome to, you know, give the fans a little what they want. Unfortunately, I couldn't actually hit anything lefty for them, but at least you, um, at least you made some people smile. I tried. Yeah. yeah hopefully, hopefully I did. Yeah. No, I think you said it well. You were talking about, I think you were interviewed with uh Baron after games one and two. He was the two who hit the walk-offs and uh, you were like, you know, I'm proud of my team. I think we played well. We put on a good show. And I think you guys did like all the players. I think um, once again, it was a little bit easier than Philly was. We also learned from every event, right? About how, what we could do better. I think you guys all like had the understanding of like how close you were to those fans and them being right there. Like it was so interactive and people pumping the crowd up like you and Curdy and Sawyer and just everybody. Yeah. Uh, I think it really was a, a good, a good show. It so, was. And, and I competitive mean, too. it was competitive. Um, you know, the first two games were, were really competitive. Um, but I think like, you know, obviously the people are fans of our channel, mostly from, watching the YouTube and, and going to some of our tournaments and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, the, the videos on YouTube are obviously a lot more exciting because all the stuff that, you know, doesn't really matter that much is, mm-hmm. is cut out of it. And so there's always like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like, you don't want them to not be as excited as like if they were just watching a video, you know what I mean? Cause the videos are so action packed cause it's the mm-hmm. last pitch you know, so it's either a strikeout, a hit, or a walk. Like none of the stuff in the middle. Um, and so, yeah, you wanna you wanna put on a good show, which I think we did. I also really gotta give a shout out to like the Grizzly staff as well. Um, they were just so cooperative and so on board to just try to do whatever they could they were awesome, to make yeah. to make the experience and video as good as it could possibly be. So, like things that we had there that we didn't have in Philly, um, partially because of their cooperation, partially because of things that we realized we wanted in Philly that we didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, having a microphone at the field level was huge. Didn't have that option in Philly. So, and even like we're learning as we go to not even from series to series, but like even throughout the day. So, I think like the first review of the day, I wasn't near Kyle and he just got behind the camera and like signaled the out and then the crowd cheered. But I was like, bro, next review, like grab the microphone and announce it type yeah. thing. So, we're still learning, you know, getting better. So that was a big step up, just having the microphone at the field um, so we could really interact with them closely without just me yelling. Mm-hmm. And then also we had a scoreboard on. So yep. Reese Harris, you guys might have saw clips of him at the meet and greet, Gators player. He lives actually pretty close to St. Louis, a couple-hour drive. So he came out, operated the scoreboard for us. So we had, similar to Philly, we had the team logos and the event logo and stuff, but then we also had actually balls and strikes being tracked, yeah, score it was being cool. tracked. So that's, cool. that's pretty cool too for nice. fans. It's a lot easier to follow along with what's going on if you mm-hmm. look away for a second, if you go up to the concession stands and grab food. Concessions were a thing that we didn't have before. Yep. So that was nice. People were able to get up, grab some grub, go to the bathroom, get some water, Gatorade, all that kind of stuff. 
And then we also, like, the setup also was pretty seamless because I walk in, I meet Sam for the first time. He's like, grab a golf cart, go load up. I was like, oh, sick. Yep. It's way easier than carrying stuff. So we're not used to having that kind of treatment as well. And uh, dugout access, fans, keeping players hydrated, keeping them cool, a little private space. Yeah. All that. I, I think don't think we could have cool. asked for much more in terms of, like, the, you know, the venue and what they were able to, like, offer us. Like, it was perfect. No, yeah, we're definitely... Once again, each venue offers different, you know, amenities and things you can do. So, like, we already have more ideas for what we could do at bigger venues or smaller venues or whatever yeah. that we can continue to work on. Um, we learned to not try to throw socks over the backstop fence oh at the next baseball gosh, field. Tom. Okay. Tom. Once again, putting on a show, Jack, <laughs> putting on a show, though. That was pretty entertaining, oh, was it, was. it not? I was entertained. I was leaning into it, it as hilarious. you guys could tell. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing was, guys, uh, so in warm-ups, we had the idea to do the, the merch toss. And I was looking at the net. I'm like, ah, oh, it's pretty high. So I, <laughs> so I so I rolled up some socks real tight, and then threw one. And the first one was short, and I was like, God, that's really high. So the next one, I kind of gave it my all, and I cleared it. And I was like, Oh, I just gotta like really try. But what I failed to realize too is with each progressive throw, yeah, you your arm gets tired. Well, that and the socks are getting looser and looser as oh, I rolled yeah, them up, yeah. so getting less and less aerodynamic through the air. So with each throw. I'm throwing it even harder, and it's going less far. Yeah. I'm like, this is just an uphill battle. But, uh, yeah, I leaned into it. I kind of knew I was going to get it, but like, mm -hmm. I was loosening up my arm and, like, taking deep breaths and pumping up the crowd. And then I thought it was hilarious. Baron got one over, funny. too. And then Kyle didn't show it in the video, but then I quickly ran around to the dugout and got on top of the dugout and then threw a couple in, too. Yeah. But I thought it was funny. Baron just that. stepped up and got it first he did. try. He must have got a good pair of socks. It, yeah, it must have been the aerodynamics <laughs> in the socks. We also had uh, Pishka there. He came out from the D-backs because he's also a local guy. Yep. He uh, was passing out towels to fans, which was cool. So we had some rally towels going. And then we really got into the merchandise. Uh, slinging merch was during the meet and greet after the rain. Yep. So well, I don't wanna, let's talk about game two real quick. You're, you had a couple big game home two. runs. You had one big home run in game two. Yeah. Uh, electric, I must say. I was so I was it. so happy for you. Needed it. There were some sick photos. I'll pop them up right now. I'll slide through them all. There were some good uh, Davin, right? Yeah, yeah dude, I he told got Jack, some I was really like, I feel pictures. like he almost prioritized you a little bit in this series. There were so many good pictures of He Jack. got a lot of good ones of me. Very, very grateful yeah. for that. So yeah, there, that was totally electric. Um, you're just a you're you're a player, just like MLW Red. We were talking about in the podcast. You're just a gritty guy. You go out there with your athleticism. What's your approach up there? I mean, how do you get that done? That was a big home run down by I mean, one third inning. Honestly, um, like I was telling you about warming up righty and yeah. lefty. I honestly think that helped me a little bit because I feel like um, this year, especially a lot of a lot of opportunities i've had uh i feel like i'm almost like pressing too hard with the way that i'm swinging like i'm it's you ultimately don't have to hit the ball that hard to get it in play to get it even over the fence like you just got to put the bat on the ball and i feel like a lot a lot of our you know best um best hitters in this league like you for example you know you've switched to righty and your swing is pretty I mean, maybe you disagree, but I feel like your swing is you're not putting like a ton of your body into it. Like it's pretty much I'm putting hands, too much. But you're pretty much hands to the ball. And in just the derby, like, I really was just all hands. I was yeah, really smooth in the derby. Yeah. Um. So I I feel like like warming up lefty sort of because the lefty I'm not as used to it. So I literally I'm just like slapping it kind of when I'm doing that. And that I can think be that, effective. I think it that really helped can. me slow down and like sit on the ball a little bit more. If that if that makes any sense, like instead of trying to attack the ball, like just like letting it come to me, like letting it come into the, the mm -hmm. spot. I don't even know if that makes sense at all, but, um, it does in my brain. Um, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. The mental part of the game. That's the mental part. So it was nice to be able to, to finally connect with one poke one out. You guys got to go back and watch after like I hit it and I'm running to first base. Another just, you know, We've seen all you. You just you said the word athleticism, and I went like <laughs> oh, that gosh. because of all the unathletic things that have I've done that have been put on camera. Um, I I was like this close from like absolutely eating it, ruining my day, and uh, spraining my ankle. If you go back and watch, I'm, I'm like what? trying not nothing exactly, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing. Uh, I was literally just like rounding first base, and my you see my right ankle like go oh, to turn, no. and it comes back in. So I didn't injure it but like if you guys look closely you'll see it was it was i'll play it could have been could have been bad that's fine. um i haven't seen that so yeah so 
but it, it, it felt good for sure. I felt that was a clutch, dude. Tied yeah. the game up, uh, gave you guys a shot, and then you ended up walking it off. Um, I'm going to back up Sean. So that was, you popped that, you actually got the walk off. So you put yeah. it in play. Good things happen when you put it in play. Yep. In the famous words of Jimmy Norp against the Gators. But uh, that ball, Sean will probably get some heat for that. I didn't read through the comments. Hopefully he didn't, but right into the sun. Just oh, right it into was the so sun. so bad. And there was a little bit of contact, like a little awkward, um, like almost like a walk around from Grant, too, mm-hmm. on that play. So it was an awkward play, tough play. I texted him right away because I watched the footage back and I was like, dude, I'm looking at the shadow. Like that ball was probably right in the sun. He goes, to be honest, for the first like four seconds, I didn't even see it. And then I caught it the last second and almost made the play. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard enough to catch a wiffle ball. It's got a lot of spin on it when you can see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, when you don't get it to the last second, I knew there was like when it got up in the air. First of all, when I first hit it, I was like, oh, that's gone again. <laughs> and it just sort of hung up there. Um, and but when it was up in the air, I, you know. I knew that it was going to be hard to catch with, with the sun. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, even a blind blind squirrel finds a nut, and we got a little lucky. So. You got to give credit to Grant, too. I noticed he was kind of busting it right away from first base with two yeah. outs. He he didn't slow down. He yeah. had it going. And uh, so that was a big which reason was, why he scored which was first. Post, which was post-cramping, too. Post-cramping, So yes. he was really huffing it. He like, was. That reminded me of, like, the Preds versus Cobras game. Way back when in the playoffs where I think someone scored from first on like an awkward shovel error from Ryan. This is before the Preds ever won a World Series. This is like a 2018 thing. Oh, yeah. So that was probably the only other walk-off I can remember where a player scored from first on a ball. That was, uh, was that with Kraus? Yeah, Kraus. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. All too well. So that that's what that reminded me of. And uh, definitely was happy for you and the boys. I got in the car with Sean afterwards, and I was like, because we had to drive to lunch together. And obviously, mm-hmm. like, I figured he's bombed and didn't want to talk about it. But he brought it up, and I was like, well, dude. You've had in your last two high pressure pop ups, one saved your shot at going to SoFi Stadium, and one was here. I was like, "Yes, it sucks to drop either of them, but at least you caught the one that saved your season last That's year." That's true. Like, you know what? You're probably right. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, silver lining. But I think if there's no sun there, that may have that may have saved you guys in that one. It may have went to extras. totally, totally agreed. But me and Kyle looked at each other like, "Dude," because not that I don't think the St. Louis staff would have been too strict on the time frame, but I was like. Man, on first two outs, two strikes, and somehow we don't end up in extra innings. <laughs> like, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, I was really happy that, um, obviously, to get the win in that game was huge, but um, it was big for Trevor because I felt like Trevor pitched really, really Mm -hmm. good that game, especially after, like, we kind of, we struggled pitching early in game one. Like, he came in steady as as normal and pitched a really good game. Like, ultimately, they got two runs up on the board, but uh, we hadn't really helped them up until that point. Mm -hmm. So, it was nice to be able to, to... to pick him up there and and get that W that way. We joke about how the league is scripted and rigged and whatnot, but really sometimes it just seems like, man, you just can't make this stuff up, man. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I think if I was a fan in attendance, that, I mean, that was what you could ask for. Yeah, like the I'm first saying. game so was electric. tons of runs put up, besides homers. The besides the heat. <laughs> Sawyer, we give credit to Sawyer. I think it was oh Sawyer. Gosh. His, was a, his was. was a moon shot. My gosh. His, I didn't really it, realize it, that in real time how high, high up that was. Up it was a shot. Yeah, that thing would have, uh, that would have been some distance. Yeah, it's that tough to estimate, it's, but that was a bomb. To 100 plus for sure. Yeah. You got all of it. So you, we had some, some nukes, um, and then game two, just a, a lot of really solid pitching. Obviously, Sawyer's, you know, a tough guy to get around to, so. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone, I saw some comments like, man, this was like the Colts field days of like short field, so many home runs. The field really wasn't that short. Um, the only thing that changed was like the angle of the fence was like tighter than the meadows. Yeah. So the corners got shallower, but center field was the same as the meadows by 80 feet. So we measured. Yeah. I, I think it was more just like how hot and humid it was. Yeah. Like it seemed like those balls were just flying I mean, out of the yard. Just putting bat on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um. Me and uh, someone, I won't say who because it was a playoff series yesterday, but me and somebody were discussing yesterday about how does the ball really fly farther in the heat because I feel like two wiffle balls get more malleable when it's hot. They're a little Mm -hmm. squishier, whereas a cold day or a chilly day will be pretty solid. So I wonder, like, if the impact or the dent of the ball, like, cancels off with, like, the air density of the temperatures. Hmm. be an interesting experiment, I guess. We need a – we should have – Mark Rober answer that, we, right? The we, science we, guy? You'd have to actually do some experiments to figure yeah, out like, how far the ball's compressing, mm-hmm. how the air's changing and everything, but I don't have the equipment on hand. Yeah, to make that's that above my current Maybe knowledge. call my friends at Michigan State and get us in some fluids labs there to try to make that happen, but there that'd, be, that'd, be a tricky, <laughs> that'd be a tricky thing. But anyways, electric two first games nonetheless, and then we had a big break. 
So the plan was, I think we had 11 a.m., games one and two, wrapped up about one o'clock. Yep. We were probably cleaned up and out of there around quarter two or so, went and grabbed lunch. We were going to be back at the stadium, I think, at quarter to six for a mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Grizzlies game. They're playing a team from Quebec in the, uh, what's the league called now? I think it's the Frontier, Frontier. League. Frontier League. So we were excited. I think um, I was going to go out and throw the first pitch. So I got robbed of that, unfortunately. But Kyle didn't want to do it after his, his Toledo showing. He goes, I'll film you. You do it. I was like, all right. So we, um, out of nowhere, forecasts looked just really hot and dry the whole week. I was checking every day. I always do when there's games. You know, I'm always checking the weather. And um, as we're cleaning up, Sam's like, FYI, there's a good chance we're going to get storms later today. I was like, storms? I was like, really? He's like, yeah, the one popped out. There's a cell coming. If I had to guess, like, it's going to end up hitting us just based on how things go around here. I was like, okay. Not thinking too much of the X. I was like, the forecast was dead clear last night. Yeah. But. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I open up my phone when we're at the restaurant, and I see there's like a 35, 40% chance of rain around 6 p.m. till 8. And I'm like, oh, we might get a little storms, but hopefully we're okay. And then I then then the bar like turns on the TV, and they're like showing the cell. And it's like all of a sudden huge, moving towards our area. I'm like, what the heck? Where did the storm come from? <laughs> what the heck? And the next thing I know, it's just like tornado sirens going off, like severe torrential downpours, like it monsoons. Was, it was like 80 mile an hour winds oh were i was in your in. hotel room yeah i get back to the hotel guys we get back and then um i think they were kind of the schultz's were kind of laying low in the room that i was in and then um i think i was in their room yeah had to have been and then you guys magic had a room and then the cobras had a room and uh there might have even been four hotel rooms total i don't remember but anyways i um i think kyle was like getting some posts up and i think daniel was or brendan was taking a nap i don't know I was like, let me go check on the other guys, see what they're doing right now during this, the storms. So I call someone, got no answer. And then I got a text like everyone in here is asleep. Yeah. And I think I called you. The heat just zapped everyone. Everyone, everyone passed out. Besides me, I think in yeah. between those games, everyone, it was blinds closed, mm-hmm. lights off, sl- like not just naps, like out cold mm-hmm. in between these games. But then everyone woke up from the rain and, um, sure enough, we get a call from Sam. Cause then the forecast was like rain all day. And we're like, God, this stinks, dude. So me and Kyle were kind of strategizing what should we do. Should we try to do it like late night tonight? We wanted the night game, of course, or we could try to reschedule for tomorrow morning if they'll let us. So he calls us and he's like, not looking great. Probably going to cancel. You know, five minutes later, we got the call that they're, they canceled the Grizzlies game altogether. Yep. And so he was kind of laying out our options for us. And he was like, well, we probably can't start. Like, I don't want to have fans in our stadium, like beyond midnight, especially if they're young fans, which I understood. I was like, all right, so let's monitor the forecast these next like 30 minutes or so and see if things can clear up in time for us to play at night. We'd love to play at night instead of tomorrow morning, just for the thumbnail and the fan experience, everything. Yep. So forecast continued to develop. It looked like this percent chance of rain was starting to go down around like seven or 8 PM. So we ended up deciding, I think a 9 PM start with our meet and greet happening before that with, if the weather cooperates that we're going to do under the concourse, if we had to, if it still was raining, but have the field set up and ready to go when it stopped. But it ended up stopping, clearing up just enough, cooled way down, which was awesome. Like it was twenty beautiful. degree difference. It was, it was so much better. It was like eighty degrees, nice 
not it felt chilly after playing in 100 degree weather. Yeah. It was awesome. And so we had tables in the field for the meet and greet. We had a merch tent set up and it was just a lot. It was a lot of people. It was. That was our biggest event, right? Our yeah. biggest live event we've had. I mean, we've never really been in a situation where we've had to cap a meet and greet at a certain number of people, but I kind of looked at Kyle when we were done signing God knows how many autographs for two hours straight, and I was like, dude, kind of getting to that point where we're going to need to like cap a meet and greet at a certain a certain yeah. number because you can't you just can't meet that many people and sign that many autographs in one day or else maybe you could try, but like your interactions wouldn't be as good and everything. Yeah. I try to be somewhat genuine. And say it would have to be that was the only thing going on. Like, like autographs, that day. Yeah. It was just like, that's all oh, the it was. Because we, had a, whole, time, we had, yeah. a whole, had a whole nother game to play. I know, I know. And poor Mr. Schultz, man, he was by himself at the merch tent just grinding, Wheeling and dealing. Just grinding for a <laughs> solid hour and a half. And I remember I tried to like get on the microphone and give him a shout out, but like it cut out. Remember yeah, I was trying yeah. to talk? The mic cut out. Me and Jack just started to laugh. But yeah, he went above and beyond of his pay grade for sure that evening and uh, sold out of the St. Louis shirts. We sold some youth larges, I think. If you want a St. Louis large shirt. They were cool shirts. You. They were very uh, I can, cool I'll shirts. write you an invoice up. But um. Yeah, so he was grinding. All of us were signing autographs and taking photos for a solid hour and a half. Then we started the game finally around 9.30 or so because the meet and greet took so long. It was just so many people. And then uh, game three got a little got a little lopsided there pretty quick. Yeah, it did get a little lopsided there. I would say, um, you know, I'm not really going to, I'm not really going to like speak for, for like for Drew's decision, but I guess what I will say is, you know, what I said about the first two games in terms of like, ultimately they see the videos. And so when the actual live games being played might be a little bit boring, mm-hmm. they seem less boring in the videos because you don't see all the stuff mm-hmm. in the middle. And I think game three was like the opposite of that. Like the, you know, getting walked on like four straight Got pitches where the, where the ball like isn't really even that close to mm-hmm. the strike zone. It's oh, tough for like to watch. Like it's it's you yeah. don't really want to see it's that. It's lonely out there. It's like lonely. You said, it's, it's your quote. It's really lonely. And I don't want to see that for them either. You know what I mean? I was getting a bunch of hate in the comments because I one of the innings I think I was all three outs because I struck <laughs> out all three times. And it's like I was getting sick of just walking, sitting up yeah. there and walking. It's like no fun for anyone. So if the ball mm-hmm. was anywhere even close to the zone, mm-hmm. I was swinging at it. I mean, ultimately, that game didn't matter for the Cobras. That's kind of why. So, Drew, even though, well, this is the end of the slate, right? Slate four is over. Yeah. So, I don't think Drew understood this fully. But basically, what what happens now, guys, I'll give you guys the quick playoff rundown. Basically, there is a scenario where the Cats could miss if they get swept due to a tiebreaker. But essentially, the Preds and Cobras is a win and in series. Whoever Mm -hmm. wins that series, two out of three is going to make the playoffs regardless of that outcome that we had right. uh, in St. Louis. So Drew knew that. He knew he needed to get one in St. Louis to make that series against the Preds in Slate 5, a win and in situation. So um, he said he might get Gus involved and him involved and Baranowski, Chris Baranowski involved, which I like because I do agree Like it's cool to play everybody that makes the trip and whatnot. Totally. Um, you know, Putting him on the mound is a little tougher, bigger ass than putting him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. But um, I respect it in a way. It's unfortunate that it didn't, it didn't work out for him. But... Uh, you know, Drew, he's going to do what he wants, and uh, he's going to go out there and try to put on a show for the fans. He did there for a couple outs. I will say, though, <laughs> a little bit obnoxious of a celly after striking out a left-handed Jack Agner. Just a little bit. A little bit. bit. But, That's okay. But um, Drew's going to be Drew, man. You can't change him. And um, RJ pitched good. You know, he took care of business. Yeah. It was good to see him bounce back. Yeah, for whatever reason, um, maybe it was the heat. Maybe it was just a little bit of nerves. But uh, he didn't really have, like, his full arsenal in that first game like it wasn't really moving for him his pitches were it was just so slow. hot man like um, like i said scary hot out and yeah and i was proud of him because that game three was you know the rj that we've seen all year and um it was cool to see him like come back in there and settle in you know back to the level that we know he can play at yeah, i was happy for him and i think he was kind of battling not that they were bad but there was a couple hecklers out there i think giving him a tough time too a couple cobra fans really were in his ear i know bit. there were yeah. a lot of rj fans there were there were a ton he mm-hmm. was probably i feel like he was the name i heard the most uh mm-hmm. throughout throughout the series so yeah definitely cool to see him come back from that game one performance and and lock it down for us yeah and his mom was there his grandparents were there so i'm sure they enjoyed seeing him play good in front of the crowd it was pretty cool yeah, and uh, under the lights was pretty sick, and it just capped off a pretty good day. And it was a bummer for the Cobras, a bummer that it was a lopsided game just for the video's sake and for the fans' sake. But 
Um, at least RJ put on a show. Yeah, nonetheless. RJ put on a show for sure. It was pretty funny in the in the video, like right before I hit my home run, you can like hear the crowd chanting. They're like, Drew, Drew, Drew. Oh, and no. it's just like, I think there might have been a little bit more Cobras fans than, than Magic fans. The Magic there. fan base is slowly growing this year. It's you're slowly growing, growing but it, yeah. the Cobras, I think, were definitely outmatching us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just like a funny. I mean, clip the reason the, the Cobras are so many fans is because of what Drew did. They love Drew's wildness and his craziness, and his, he's a showman. He's yeah. a showman out there. Drew, the, the, um, there was. A little bit of unrest, I guess I'll say, from the fans because I think only one uh, uh, pitching speed violation like made it into the video. But I remember, oh, right. I remember right. Drew had probably, well, I don't know, what would you say, like four, maybe it was, was a lot, four or five pitches that mm-hmm. were like well over the speed limit um, that he was getting dinged on, and I don't, the fans like. Some of them didn't really like that. Um, but, I mean, those are ultimately, like, that's the rules we play with. It's mm-hmm. either it's either have that or, like, back the mound up because yeah. guys can just throw so hard that it would be not very fun if, mm-hmm. we, if we didn't have that. I actually really like that rule. I think yeah. it's, like, one of the better um, adjustments we've made. Yeah. But I got to give a massive shout out to Pocket Raider, actually. A little, little free plug here, but mm. uh, they uh, just provide us with a new gun and new display as well. Because ours were on the fritz, as you probably saw in the last couple series. Yeah, some of them, yeah, there were some questionable. Well, ours has just been through a lot. It's been on the road, it it's has. traveled, all the it dust has. at the meadows, just those cords getting dusty, everything. Yeah, we keep it as dry as we can, but I'm sure it's gotten wet over the years. So um, I reached back out, sent them an email, and uh, they. They kindly provided us with a new system. God, so nice hookup. I know. That's awesome. Pretty clutch before this year's playoffs. Shout out Pocket Radar. So shout out to Pocket Radar and their team. And um, but yeah, overall I was just really thrilled, really happy with the event. I do think it was our best live event ever. Um, yeah. Last year or awesome. two years ago we had the big video with the Oklahoma series. Last year the mini MLB series popped off. I think this might be the one. Yeah. I've I've uh I think I'm no expert on the the YouTube algorithm views, but I think for how long the video has been it's out, doing it's well. doing really well, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, I remember us putting out a graphic on the Instagram last year uh, of like YouTube views by team. Yep. And I think the Diamondbacks smoked everyone. <laughs> but then other than that, I don't even remember the teams that were up there, but it was like, I it might have been the Eagles because they played opening day and at Shangri-La well, no, no. it's whoever plays like the, the it's the big names it's the big it's the big like out of uh the Meadows tournaments that like always get all the views mm-hmm. and the Magic hadn't got one of those yeah and so we were, we were like way down fail. there in the views we were set up to fail way down there so I'm excited to see that graphic again if we put this, it out this could be huge this year this this series could give you a good boost yeah well yeah last year the D-backs had opening day which got a bunch and then they had the uh, mini MLB which got a bunch too. So yes. And then that's right. I don't even know if postseason was included in that but if so then they had a bunch of extra videos there too. Yes. But yeah, I was just thrilled. Uh really grateful for their St. Louis staff and all their help. Um they had one guy there who I think may have been like the initial like hey, you guys should check these guys out. He wasn't like the director of ops that we worked with, but he was a staff member nonetheless. I forget his name, but I I wish I remembered his name to give him a shout out, but I'm I'm, I'm with him on LinkedIn and Instagram yeah. now, but um Anyway, he was there, and it sounds like he's been watching us for like over five years now. So it was it was just a great event. I will say, I mean, we we probably don't do it enough, but again, just you know, shout out to all all you fans out there, all you fans that made it. Like ultimately, you know, you guys supporting us is what what's driving this this brand and making this thing go. Um, Tommy's obviously been to a bunch of these in person uh, events and and special series and stuff for me this was like the first uh meet and greet where i was actually like sitting at a table Mm -hmm. and signing autographs you know like i've done it uh, like here and there at at tournaments and stuff um for the league but that was the first time where it was like for us for like almost as far as i could see there was a line of people uh coming up to to meet us and it was just really cool and uh super grateful to be able to play in this league and have the support that you guys give us like it's just really awesome and so um super thankful for that it is it's uh i don't want to take away from your spotlight you can talk more if you want about that but 
like this whole like we were used to kind of gauging success on views right that's kind of been our only gauge of success over the last couple of years last decade even mm-hmm. and now this year moving into ticket sales with both the philly event and now this event we also did ticket sales for um when we were out in uh, pittsburgh for our little meet and greet we did alongside nwla but anyway for our solely our events we did philly and then this one and uh that's like a new thing that i'm like wow like this is crazy. Like, yes, like a view, a video now I consider like a failure if it's under a hundred K, but when you post a ticket link and within two hours, you sold 250 tickets. It's like, Whoa, like yeah. 250 people just spent money like for them and their families to come. Like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. They were sitting there waiting to purchase tickets for your event. That's like a new thing that it's like, gives you a new appreciation. It's totally different from views. And yeah. And ultimately I think some of the biggest compliments that we can get and we do get are, from the parents, you know, mm-hmm. the ones that are taking their kids to these live events. A lot of, there were a, a number of people that traveled a long way mm-hmm. to get to that series um, and wouldn't have been able to obviously without their parents. But just when we get the compliments from them, that's when it's like really cool because um, I feel like ultimately as a parent, like the more positive influences you can have around your kid or have your kid like involved in your, you know, um, it's, it's desirable mm-hmm. as a parent. And so those, those compliments mean a lot too. And there were a good number of parents that were really complimentary just of, mm-hmm. of, you know, what they see their kid watch every mm-hmm. Friday, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is cool. A lot of parents were like, yeah, I watch it with them I too. Know, like, know, it's really fun. It's which entertaining, is cool. which is, cool. which that was really, yeah, that was cool to hear. Was it like, uh, overwhelming for you at all? Just signing all those autographs just back to back to back and meeting everybody and just like seeing the love. Like, what was that like? Um, That's your first one, like you said. It was. I mean, I, I've i seen, like, content of you guys before at the meet and greets and stuff, so I kind of knew what to expect. It There were a lot of people, though. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's our it was our biggest one. Um, we were signing autographs for, I think, all of two hours, and that was after, you know, I had probably signed I know. for 45 minutes for before up. the game, the, before the first game. So... It was a lot. I wouldn't say I was like overwhelmed. It was more just like kind of like pinch yourself mm-hmm. type of moment. Like, am I really doing this? It like, is weird, yeah. this is pretty cool. Um, I will say I've, you know, had a lot of sports experiences in my life. You know, played high school football in front of like thousands of people. Dog pound, baby. I played uh, college lacrosse in, in front of live audience obviously i was nervous before this series like i definitely was um a little bit nervous and like once we got settled in uh it was kind of more of just like another series and hanging out and just had some people there to watch but i'd be lying if i told you i was not nervous like once we got there and like people started filing in Mm -hmm. and we were like getting ready to go for the game and just seeing how many people were watching um so it was pretty cool yeah, what's that? Do you notice a difference in like how you feel or behave playing in front of people? Or are you kind of used to it at this point? Because to be honest, I don't know. I feel like in Philly it was definitely different, but I don't know if it gave me extra nerves. Like I want to win the games anyway type thing. Yeah. And like I've grown up playing baseball, like not that high school baseball, a lot of people or anything, but you know, you'd get, I had one game that went to 18 innings in high school. And like, so like, I think people were like texting people like, yo, this game's in the 16th innings, so, like get here. So like by the end of the game, it was like foul pole to foul pole people. Yeah, the so softball game ended too. Then a high school softball game. So then all those players and families came to watch too. And I don't know. I feel like it doesn't really affect me. Humbly speaking, I don't really notice a difference. To be honest, I think it just it gets to a point where, um, like you forget about it. Yeah, and it's it's you you're not even really, uh, like you take it in at moments, like what's going on around you. But then you could just get so locked into whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. Like we got to play a high school football game. I think it was my senior year, maybe at U of M yep. stadium. I was there which, rooting for you. Yeah. There was probably a, a couple, a few thousand yeah. people there. And I mean, obviously they, they didn't fill out that stadium at all, but like <laughs> it was, you know, it was loud and there were a lot of people. Um, but you just sort of like eventually it just kind of gets like blocked out. It's like white noise. Yeah. I think for a wiffle ball, I like, I think it, I think it helped me the crowd in a way, because it was like I was really, I just really wanted to do something like exciting, even mm-hmm. even that much more. You know what I mean? And on the flip side of that, like not do anything super embarrassing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I wanted to, I didn't want to go up there and just have 
really bad at bats the whole mm-hmm. series. So um, I don't know. Maybe it helped me. Maybe it didn't. We do have one more uh, live crowd series this year. That's going to be the Eagles versus the Cats in Vermont. That was also a pretty good turnout. Yeah. So that'll be a special video. I'm really excited. Was that, was that, that. Uh, larger of a turnout or same size? Once again, hard to gauge because it's a different venue. People are behind you instead of like behind the fence. But you thing. sold tickets for that, didn't you, or no? No, that oh. was free attendance for all. I'd oh, say with the, with, the, with the charity. With the charity, yeah. yep. So I would say... I would say smaller, and we also battled weather in that one too. So our third game, especially, got really wouldn't thin. be a series with yeah, if we didn't. wouldn't be a series without a big rain delay. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we it, it was it was pretty cool and just a special video, like I said. So I'm excited for you. Very cool. But overall, let's get into the comment of the week from this video. I got one from Matt, and he said this could easily take the cake for the wildest, most entertaining MLW series of all time. Both teams had crazy walk off wins. Agner transformed into a switch hitting machine. Drew brought crazy energy. Grant stole the show with his bat while RJ overcame some early adversity to end a great day with gusto. Kudos to all involved, and congrats to the Magic, our 2023 AL champs. Jack, first time in franchise history. You guys are the one seed. Laugh it up. How do you feel? Um, proud, for sure. Proud of the team. Uh, it's always cool to get a first anything, and um, it's it's. I think it's definitely a mark of trying to get over that that hump, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we've always sort of been like on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs and, uh, to be at the top going into the postseason um, is something new for us, but I think really exciting and to channel my, um, my inner Jordan Robles, you know, it's, it's nice that we were able to do this, but, mm-hmm. uh, still have a lot of work to do for sure. and, uh, a lot of things that we want to accomplish ahead. Important games ahead for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I'm, I'm, not rooting for you guys, but I'm rooting for you to do your best. And uh, I would love to see the Magic make a run at it. You know, this has uh, been a crazy year. Just seeing RJ's growth and Grant's doing well like we thought he would. And uh, we knew the Magic would be competitors, but I don't know if anybody saw this coming. First place clinched through four slates only. So uh, congrats to you guys. Fan base is growing. And uh, good luck to right. you Right. Shout out all the Magic fans. Never been to a World Series, but you're two wins away. You've never played in one, That's right? It. Either no. team? Wow. No. I've never... Uh, no. No. Have not. No. Simple answer, no. No. Well, hopefully it's us and you guys. That'd be fun. <laughs> hopefully. But we'll pipe it uh, up. World Series would be a, nice. It would be a nice pipe it up World Series. Been kind of a long pod, although we are early tonight. I have one story I really want to tell, Jack. Okay. I uh didn't tell you this yet. I had kind of a scary experience this weekend. This weekend? <laughs> this weekend. Okay. I, I almost I, I almost had this I what? almost I almost lost the nub this weekend. I, I could show you a video, guys. This is gonna sound worse than it was, but I was using a log splitter, split like a oh, like a machine. Tommy. Man, I got lucky, dude. Let me let me show you a video here. I, I got a video pulled up to reference. If you guys are listening on audio, YouTube, pipe it up podcast, pull this up right now and look at this. I'll show you guys what happened. I don't have a video of like me getting hurt, but I have a video of the exact log splitter and I'll show you what went wrong here, Jack, the best I can. Essentially, guys, I went up north for two days for Labor Day weekend with my family. And what does any good dad do? Why right when you get there, you got to work. You got to get to work. You got to get to work. So I pull up and there's like probably two dozen logs about, I don't know, two feet in length. He's like, can you just split these? We have a log splitter. Like it's pretty easy. The neighbors were nice enough to, uh, the people who sold the house, my parents um, moved like kitty corner and they left mm. some stuff, including a log splitter. Nice. They own farms. So log splitter, just nothing new to those guys. So it's pretty cool for us. So I'll put it on screen right now. You guys can see it. It's a log splitter that you load horizontally. And it's totally electric. You just plug it in. And then this piece here, uh, I'll put an arrow. This drives towards the wedge, and the log is split, right? Yep. So the obvious thing here is don't put your finger between to the... Put, to put <laughs> your finger right in the machine. Don't put your finger in the machine. It's pretty simple, <laughs> right? Um, but, and I knew that, and it's like a, it's safety. Oh. It's, it's, it's foolproof because it's a two-hand start. So you have to have a hand on two triggers uh, to, to run the machine to prevent injury, a safety measure there, right? But you'll watch this and watching it back, like I, it gives me like PTSD because it is sketchy. So watch what happens, Jack. So there is a set screw on the right of this here, okay, basically to shorten your stroke length. Um, I don't want this audio to play to the TV. Let me mute this real quick so you guys don't hear this in the pod. But, um, so see when he runs that, how this extends out here. Yeah, you can then adjust a set screw here to keep this where it's at. So okay. that way your strokes are quicker, just to save you time if you're cutting shorter logs. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, but watch as he adjusts this. It's kind of scary. So this this retreats. Just slings back in. It doesn't sling back in fast, but it retreats. And I didn't really think anything of that. But see as he loosens it like that. Uh huh. So that right there is an immovable force. Like that comes back and it comes back like it's like you can't move that. That comes back and it's like stiff, like it's coming. Yeah. So I was messing with that all day, getting it to my exact log length because you got to cut each log probably like I don't know a half dozen times at least because just to split into small enough pieces. Okay. And I think I had two logs left and I was adjusting that set screw there and I don't know what happened, but you have to have one hand on a trigger to get the thing to stop where the length you want it and you move the set screw and then you tighten the set screw and then you let it go and it should stay if you tighten it enough. Well, I think I must've been like trying to get the perfect length, like on the fly. So I was kind of like letting it go, letting it go and then moving the set screw out, out, out. And it ended up where I had a finger between the set screw and the back of the wedge and then it came in. And at first I was like, oh, I'm pinched. And then I tried to pull it back and I'm like, oh, like this is stuck stuff. So I was like, help, help, help. Like my mom was behind me and then my dad was doing something else. And I was like, I need help, 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 help. And I was like, oh, this is like bad, bad. Like it was getting crushed. Like this is taking oh some gosh. serious force. My mom's like, Tom, he's stuck. He's stuck. I'm like, black. Like, but she didn't know what to do. I was like, hit the button. She like didn't get it. She didn't want to hurt me. Yeah. So then she's standing there. I'm like, my finger's getting crushed right now. Like this sucks. So my dad like sprints over. And he's like looking at it. I'm like, hit the buttons. I think he didn't want to like, like make it worse. Yeah. But I was like, you got to hit it. I was like, you got to run it. So probably for like, I don't know. They always say like, it feels like it's longer than it is. Yeah. But I think it was probably a solid 10 seconds from I think. And it took, this guy took all it could take. I'm telling you, like it felt like it was getting smashed, but dude, it doesn't take a lot to just pop a finger off. Either. No, like, that's, or, that's you, well, so I had it, isn't, can't you like, isn't it a thing where you could just like bite a finger off I've, if you really? So I, was, I was asking my dad, I was like, yeah. let's put a carrot in there and see what happens. Yeah. I've heard a carrot's like a finger. If you can bite mm-hmm. a carrot, you can bite a finger. But um, anyway, so he hits it. I pull it off. I have gloves on. And I look at him like, I give him the grimace face like, this might be bad. So I, t- I unstrap the glove and I look and I had a pretty good like dent, like an indentation on this side, pretty bad. But like it wasn't crushed, it wasn't smashed. It was yeah. still there. And I was like, I can still move it. And he's like, anything wrong? I was like, I don't think so. I was going to get it on ice right away. So I iced it and uh, feels fine. Works. And um, like I said, I think it took all it could take. Oh, it, man, it took dude. everything. It took everything You're it could. lucky. This thing withstood the pressure. And uh, well, you could see it slide back. Like it's kind of sketchy. Like you loosen that set screw, it starts moving. Like you see that. Like Yeah, so he's he's spinning it like this so he left, doesn't have his finger left. in. So yeah, your finger's not in. I don't know why it was there. I think yeah. I was like, trying to slide it with that part. It was stupid in hindsight, but I didn't realize right. that like. You know, I'm worried about my finger being between the log and the wedge, not this backside of the machine. Right. But um, anyway, I used it throughout Man. the day. I will say, Jack, still to this point, um, if I touch over here, completely numb, no feeling still. Ooh, interesting. But I, WebMD says that's kind of normal, I think, for a smash finger. come back. Yeah, should come back. But function's fine. I slayed fish all weekend with it. Nice. So, um, we think we're okay, guys. It was a bit of a scare. A little scare. I was like, if this hurts me for wiffle ball, I'm pretty mad because of stupid splitting logs. But... A uh, bit of a scare. Um, I, I was cool, calm, and collected. But once again, when I was taking that glove off, I was like, if I see a pancake in here, this is going to suck. <laughs> but cause you don't really know. Like, your body could go into shock, I yeah. guess, so it's, like, actually smashed. It's tough, with. I feel like, with a glove on, I too, had no idea what like, the damage yeah, was. Yeah, you don't know. So, but she took all she could, man. She she took it like a champ, and uh, she, well, she lives glad, a single I'm day. I'm glad you, uh, you made it out to tell the tale. Made it out to tell the tale. Yeah. And now I know, I guess, not to do that on a log splitter, but. I've only ever, I have used, an, I've used a gas-powered log splitter before, but it's one that was horizontal. Mm-hmm. So you just load the log and then get out of the way, pretty much. And I was never adjusting length on that. So, got to be careful with machinery, guys, I guess what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, Even if careful. you think you're being careful, because like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to put my hand between this. Like, I'm not stupid, but yeah. still ended up getting caught. For the record, totally something I would do. Could see myself doing. Once, I guess it takes, luckily I didn't lose the finger, or at least lose the nub, but... I mean, sometimes it takes a mistake to learn, but that machines, you don't want to make any You don't mistakes. want it to be a costly mistake like that. Once again, though, like I said, I've used a log splitter before and it's a two-handed thing. So like it, you can't hurt yourself, mm-hmm. but oh, well, I was going to try like reach and like do it myself, but I couldn't. And my do my dad was coming and I thought I'd be okay. And it worked out, but I'm curious as to like how much pressure was actually applied. Cause the log splitter itself was 6.5 tons. Mm-hmm. No shot. It was that or something for sure. Lost yeah. finger, but um, it was a good squeeze. I'll tell you that much, Jack. That was the worst. Probably ask Warda. Warda could probably figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure we can, <laughs> maybe we can maybe even Google it, but um, it was as much as I could handle, I'll tell you that. It wasn't like extremely painful, but it was a little scary. Because well, you're just sitting there, and you're like, this might be it. Like, I could yeah. feel it getting tighter and tighter, and I'm like, 
I don't know if I can do this, man. Like, <laughs> what do you do? Like, rip it out? I had no choice. I was stuck. I didn't yeah. even, like, consider ripping it out. You're lucky was, someone was there to help you. I know. Otherwise, that would have, it could have just popped off. I don't know. Well, I, I need to, it seems like a stupid idea, but I do want to put a carrot in there and see what, <laughs> <laughs> see what happens. You should. Or put something in there. Yeah. Because, like, there's got to be things that, like, because, like, like, a grip tool for, like, to measure force. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, figure out how much force is actually being applied there. I know there's, yeah. like, grip tests. I've seen, like, mm-hmm. NFL. I've seen TikToks of NFL teams oh, doing that. Yeah. We would and have, we had those in our weight room. Well, Prime. I have that, we, that, like, well, does it test, does it show you your strength? Yeah. Though? Oh, yeah. God. I got to, I should rent one of those or buy one of those just to They're see cool. how many pounds of force is going back that direction. Because it was a lot, guys. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you, but she's fine. So we're okay. Hopefully, I don't lose the fingernail. I don't think I will. It didn't even swell up really too bad. Once the dent kind of came back, it's a little bubbly, but besides being numb, she's good. Imagine, imagine if it just fell off, like, while you were sleeping or something. Now. I wake up, it's just gone. It's gone. I mean, even if it's numb forever, I don't think it will be, but if there's, like, nerve damage, oh, well. Yeah. You know, I could have I could have no feeling. could be way tip. worse. Yeah, so I could handle the no feeling. I'll get used to it. It just feels like a tingle when I touch it. But anyway, guys, enough about me. Jack's the star of the show today. Congrats on a great series, my man. Two dingers, grand slam, solo shot, tied the game. But happy Labor Day to everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed your uh, your long weekend. This Friday, we got Mallards versus Gators. As the mm. Gators have to put on a brave face and take the field. Slate five, big games. We have the one seed on the line. So if we went out here, we put ourselves in a pretty good spot to give ourselves a shot at the one seed. Yep. So these are important games for us. Gators, not so much. But we're going to, very similar to last year, we played you guys when you guys were already out. And we needed the wins for the one seed. It's very, very similar. So we're bringing our A game for sure. So don't expect me to, to throw anything at all. But we got Mallards Gators. Then we got the D-backs Magic second, I think. And then Vermont. And then Cobra's Prize, I think. I think those are the four. And after that, it's playoffs. So going to be an exciting slate. It was an exciting slate, I can tell you right now. And uh, aside from that, Jack, appreciate you coming over. Appreciate you having me. Back in the stew. Back in the stew. And it's a little earlier today, so it won't be such a rushed edit. So which is good. So long pod, but I'll manage. Hope you guys enjoyed every hour and two minutes of this thing <laughs> so till next time guys trevor bottom regularly has morning sickness and we will catch you all in the next one